Ready to roll? I'm ready. <laughs> you in a haunted house? Yeah. <laughs> <You> like that? <laughs> it's my sound effect board. <laughs> Welcome to the uh, Times Yours podcast. I'm Spike Eskin. Chris Johnson. Lee, Lee Rossikoff. There he is. Another good morning. Wow. Two in a row. Unbelievable. Hey, hey, before we get to the Eagles, can I ask you guys a quick fantasy football question? Mm-hmm. Because now I'm a, I've, once again, I'm thrust into the fantasy football expert role from a radio station. <laughs> this is a fan- fantastic way to start an Eagles podcast with your fantasy football. Question. Well, I just... Way to keep them drawn in. Well, you know what? If, if they're listening at this point, <laughs> exactly. what I figure with a podcast is that if they are, if you are listening at this point, like if you've come to my website to listen to us three talk about the Eagles game, then chances are you're you're up for, you're down for whatever. So Yeah, no, this isn't about, you don't have you don't even have a team, right? This is just a no, a no. football question in general. But uh, yes, but honestly, I don't have a team because I feel like it's easier for me to the the, the couple years I did have a team, it was harder for me to give fantasy football advice because I was too like attached to my own players. This way, I don't have any emotional connection to anything. Right. That's why you don't root for any NFL, MLB, NBA, or NHL team, right? Because when callers call up, they you have to be objective. Well, I mean, honestly, I tell you what, my my allegiance to to teams is nearly gone. Yeah, my, I know. it's sad, isn't it? It, it crushes it. Doing yeah. this crushes it. And I, I I know people think that like a blog at home is the same thing, but it isn't. It's like the diff- even when I was doing it 24 hours a day at home, it was way different than this. The only like I want the Eagles to win, but if they don't win, it's it really crushes me. It's different, you know what I mean? Right. Like when yeah, it's your yeah. job, it's different. Yeah. Um, it, so stardom, situm, cat, like 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 uh, those those kinds of columns and advice to me seem generally useless because if you don't have one of the three players they're talking about, it's a useless column. And the columns that say, like, start or sit, like, guys like Larry Fitzgerald or or um, yeah. Drew Brees, or, like, if you have that guy, it's not like you can sit that guy anyway, right? To me, yeah, it seems like... the things that are more, more helpful for real fantasy players are, like, the cheat sheet. So you should build a cheat sheet every week. Yeah, yeah. You that know, seems... or, and rank players, move them up and down, and it's onerous the first time, but then you're just moving guys up and down based on their matchups, and that helps players. Yeah, that like, helps fantasy users. When I'm doing the thing on Mike and Ike on Fridays, and honestly, like I felt like I just go for things that are a bit of a reach. That right. way, if you have an option there, then you're. But because if I give like the obvious ones, it doesn't make any sense. You know, that's what I was thinking. But anyway, um, what a game yesterday! What a game, Lee. I I, I mean it, I. It seems unfathomable that you know you can have nine turnovers in two games and be two and out on two game-winning Michael Vick drives. Not only and nine turnovers, three in the red zone yesterday. And Vick, Vick, what you got? Was it four, five interceptions or? Six. Six interceptions and two two fumbles. I mean, come on. They lead the Vic leads the league in interceptions. The Eagles lead the league in fumbles. Fumbles lost, and somehow they're two and zero. Oh. And not only that, they beat. Quite possibly, I would say, the best team, or as good a shot of being the best team in the AFC as any team has of being the best team in the AFC yesterday. They really took advantage of the Ravens' defense that everybody thought was was fantastic. I mean, Brent Selleck ran circles around Ray Lewis, it looked like. Well, and forgetting about that, I mean, in addition to that, rather, they 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 made Joe Flacco and Ray Rice look... 
Like, well, the defensive line really stepped up, and the linebackers were right there to support him. I mean, Joe Flacco had no uh, time. The linebackers were absolutely the story. I mean, the way Ryan's and Kendrick's – I mean, like, that's got to be really exciting for, for Eagles fans because we haven't had linebackers – multiple linebackers. We haven't had that since Seth Joyner – since Seth Joyner and uh, Byron, Byron Evans. Yeah, the, I mean, the, I would I would go so far as to say the, the, the this point the linebackers are a strength yeah. for the oh, Eagles. Yeah. I, it's it's crazy. They went from their by far their weakest position in 2011 to a strength in 2012, and it's it's funny um, as much criticism as um, you, the draft is really hard, and I feel like if you look at any NFL team. There will even a team that drafts well. There will be there will be plenty of screw ups on that record, and it's very easy to criticize um, criticize them for things like Jaquan Jarrett and and I don't even remember how to say the guy's name. Yeah, that Teo Nishim or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it's very easy to Matt criticize. Matt McCoy. But it's, but at the same time, you'll find those same people criticizing them, like calling for Nick Foles or talking about Kendricks at this point. Which are great at this point. Great picks. The Kendricks pick is a great pick. And I throw Nate Allen in there too. For now, I mean, Nate Allen's done his job. You know, like, and, and that was a big question mark for me coming in. Was, you know, he's a little bit. He's small for safety. He, but he's done his job. And I, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm really dumbfounded by how good the defense has been. I, I'm, I'm so pleasantly surprised. And D'Amico Ryan really is the, the story within the story. You know, like he, I feel the way I felt about him in the preseason. The way I feel about the whole defense, like they've just come out and really outplayed what I thought. And for one, you know, once in a long time, you know, the Eagles kept saying, "Just wait," and you know, here they are. The only Do guy, it. the only guy in the defense, I'm having a hard time figuring out whether it's good or not is Asamoah because I do, when he uh, blows something, yeah. I, I but I don't know. This is one of those things in football where I don't know whether he's expecting somebody. Now, now that one, that touchdown that, pass, it looked yeah, like he, he got, got caught. Yeah. yeah, he got beat. Um, and uh, and the other one that could have been the game loser, he probably got beat again. But but you know there was a little bit of a push off there. I guess I don't know. I, I, yeah, I don't know how to feel about Osman too. I I'm totally in that because I want to I want to love him, but I, I don't know that. I think the Eagles got in his head last year somehow and made him half the player that he was in Oakland. Well, Anquan, for what it's worth, Anquan Bolden had two catches for seven yards yesterday. And it seems like, I would imagine, that um, Asamoah was on Bolden a, a lot of the time, right? I mean, he, he had to have done... It just seems like maybe they throw at him so few times when they do. We remember it, or I, right. I don't know. I'm, I, again, I'm trying to make an excuse. Yeah, it's probably him. the only times they throw at him is when, it, when the receiver's actually open. The rest of the game, I mean, yeah. no chance. Yeah, um, and I don't know. You can't get beat by Jacoby Jones. Yes, I'm with you. If you're if you're Deion Sanders 2.0, you can't get beat by Jacoby Jones. Um, and uh, another defense note is that he amazingly, uh, I, I'm not reading column after column praising the work of the the defensive coordinator of the fourth ranked defense in the NFL, but Juan Castillo has to like at this point, And again, they've been in two close games. Um, where the defense needed to play well, and they've played well both times, he he must be okay at it, or at least we we can't. It look they look like they can play, right? Uh, it's funny, you know. If they don't get that call uh, against Asamoah, are we are we ha- you know what kind of conversation are we having about Juan Castillo? It's just uh, and I'm not hating on on Castillo. I ju- I just 
I, I agree. He's definitely been, at the very, very least, competent. I think he's done a great job. Again, the defense by far has been the strength. When you do it against the Cleveland Browns, everyone struggles. When you do it against Baltimore Ravens, who supposedly have this high-powered offense now, and he, Flacco looked average at best, and Flacco was supposed to be the bee's knees this year. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I got nothing but, but good things to say about Castillo and the defense. Well, and Flacco, the second half, I, I don't know the final numbers, but at one point in the fourth quarter, his QB rating was like seven or, or three or something like that. Like in the second half, he looked, um, he looked terrible in the second half. And that's a matter of adjustments as well, you know, or you at least guess it is that it's a matter of adjustments, right? Which is another good sign, I guess. Now, that said, um, they I'd rather see fumbles than interceptions because fumbles are fumbles happen and interceptions are clear mistakes, um, but still they turn the ball over. No, I think some of the interceptions, uh, I mean, the ones that are that are bouncing off somebody's hands or bouncing off whatever i mean if it's an interception directly to the other team yeah then that's uh that's inexcusable which there was one yesterday i mean that that interception no right but some of the i mean i I guess i'm thinking more of the first game when so many of them were bouncing off what the the elbows or hands or whatever well i do think interceptions kind of even out though on some level like you know i mean he was they dropped another one on him yesterday too i think on some level interceptions are a are an accurate, um, just the number itself is an accurate representation in that they get gifted ones that they drop. And, you know, he threw two yesterday. One was super legit. The other one was, it hit Hel- Selleck's hands. You can't kill him for it. That's but fine. I'm, I'm just not giving it, you yeah. that uh, that fumbles are completely as okay as you're I saying. I think both of those were clearly big fumbles, just because he threw the ball into such tight coverage there. I mean, that, that was a... That was he made. He put Selleck out to be the goat. You know, he has to make a better decision there. I put, I put both of them on him because again, and we were talking about this last week. Fine, if you're going to throw into tight coverage like that, you, you know, as much as you know, all of us hate to say, it, you got to throw it like Donovan does down low. That's why Donovan always threw it at your ankles because that ball, if that ball gets tipped at your ankles, it's just going right into the ground. When you throw it high, it gets tipped. It's going right up into the air in the middle of the secondary. That first interception was the worst one I've ever seen. In my history of watching football. <laughs> and I felt like I jinxed it because everybody, like Vic looked great. And I think overall Vic looked really good yesterday. Um, but he was five for five and everybody was everybody was so excited. And I tweeted, Michael Vic was six for six last week. And everybody was like, oh, you're mush. Don't do that. Don't do that. And like two plays later, he throws that interception, and which was crushing. Um, which, again, the defense bailed him out by getting a, it was a pick or a fumble. It was a fumble, right? Yeah. Uh, a few yeah. plays later. Trent Cole um, sacked Flacco and knocked the ball right out of his hands. I guess my point regarding the turnovers are, is this turnover problem, you know, Deshaun Jackson with a, a just a, a, a mindless, insane quote yesterday, that if we fix the turnover problem, we're the best team in the NFL, which is kind of like saying, you know, right. if, if Kyle Kendrick fixes his velocity problem, he'll be one of the best pitchers in the National League. Like, like I guess my question to you guys is, well, Lee first, Lee first what, is, the, is the turnover problem a fixable problem? I, I'm starting to think it might not be. I, you have to, because I, I do put it like you said. You know, I look at the interceptions more than anything. I think you, you can look at McCoy's fumbles, and you have to be a little bit concerned about that. But the way he took care of the ball last year, you have confidence that he's got the track record. He can 
take care of the ball again. So if your running back's not going to fumble, then you got to look at your quarterback. And is your quarterback going to take care of the ball? And I, I just don't think he's going to. And I think it's just going to be one of these, these things that, that drives us insane all year. And it looks like the Eagles can have a good year despite it. But then the playoffs come and, and we'll see. I think, yeah, I mean, it's all a matter of whether he's on a good streak or a bad streak when right. they get into the playoffs. Like, he's, to me, he's really good, but he's never going to change. I mean, he's never going to be what we think he is. But, uh, I don't think it's completely fixable. I think, I don't, I mean, I can't imagine they're going to average four and a half turnovers per <laughs> game the rest not. of the season. Yeah, let's hope um, I mean, but I also well, don't Vick think they're get hurt eventually. So yeah, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> you know, um, did I, I'm not sure if I brought this up on the podcast before, um, but Big Daddy Graham made a point to me one night when we were doing a crossover. He was like, uh, you know, he said when you get to 30 years old and you're an athlete, and people are saying. Hey, if he just fixes that one thing, like who fixes that one thing? Like that's one of your flaws at a certain right. point. And he said the one, the one that's most obvious is, um, you know, hey, if this player just gets a jump shot, he's like, who just gets a jump shot? He's like, all and and he goes every time I bring that up, people say Michael Jordan, and he goes, okay, so once you've crossed out the best basketball player that's ever lived, <laughs> could you give me a few more examples? And he's like, you know, Andrea Iguodala is never just going to get, you know, a guy gets to a certain point and this is what he's good at and this is what he's not good at and you just kind of have to hope for the best and maybe Michael Vick's 32 you know and it still is a million uh, a million light years ahead of where he was when he was on the Falcons I mean as careless as he can be as a passer he's way better than he ever was when he was with the Falcons right no, oh, definitely. I think he's, you know, his accuracy is definitely different. As he, you know, he would just throw it up basically with the Falcons. You'd see him miss guys by, by tens of feet with the Falcons, and that that's not happening with the Eagles. He, he's definitely much more accurate. Yeah, it's all about it's a mindset with him, and it, you know, part of what makes him great is this mindset. There's not, there's no doubt that, you know, you just want him to dial it back a little bit and take a little bit of that competitive edge off. But that, I, I agree, it's not going to happen. We're not going to see it happen. It's, this is this is Vic. How great was that pass, the the bomb to Jackson? I mean, it was, it was a great catch, but it was like it was like that 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 pass that Eli Manning threw in in the last. Oh, it was Super right Bowl. there. It was yeah. right there. I mean, it was it was like there were two defenders there, but it was the kind of pass where you're like, well, he's not. This isn't Vic throwing into double coverage. This is Vic putting the ball into the exact right, perfect place. It was amazing. And Deshaun Jackson. I'll give him credit because I I was, you know, when people were like, well, he has the money now, so he will go all out. My thing was like, as, as much as it was about the money, it was about getting leveled. And Deshaun Jackson doesn't want to get leveled. And he's looked um, kind of fearless so far these two games. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I wouldn't just, not just the Deshaun Jackson throw, but, you know, again, I brought up McNabb before, so I'll, I'll bring him up in a positive way for Vic, too. How many balls did we see Sella catch and remove? You know, there were a lot. You know, we've seen those balls Donovan throws behind him. He throw, didn't throw on the run, and you lost a lot of yards after the catch. A lot, almost all of Vic's balls crossing patterns are always in front. You're always getting extra extra yards with fixed throws. Yeah, and 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 it gives Selleck or whoever the chance to kind of protect themselves after he catches right. the ball. I mean, they're not completely just just spread out there. Speaking of Selleck, we have the the, the rip the phone book in half monster Selleck again. Oh my God. 
I mean, yeah. that was it was ridiculous yesterday. And I'll tell you the difference between him. He may not be as as fast as a uh, uh, Jimmy Graham or, or Gronkowski or a guy like that, but he he looks nearly impossible to tackle when he is going straight ahead and guys are he drags guys the five yep. six seven yards before or they can turtles t- them. Yeah. yeah, and and wait, and the thing was, as he was running the sideline, I was like, he's going to jump over somebody. I can tell. It was one of those, because he's done it before. He jumps right. over two, three guys a season. Yeah. And I'm glad we got to see one yesterday over Ed Reed. Yeah, and he cleared Ed Reed perfectly. <laughs> Ed Reed wasn't even low. You no. <laughs> Um, it was, Look, for all the talk of Ray Lewis and Ed Reed after that Cincinnati Bengals game, uh, I mean, it's it's great to see them do basically nothing yesterday. And I'll tell you what, it didn't count because they ended up saying he was down anyway, but Michael Vick tackling Ray Lewis yesterday oh, yes. was an arm tackle. <laughs> he talked. He tackled him with his hands. I was sure he was hurt, too. He, he stayed down a little bit after that. I was sure, he was hurt. I sure, I was sure that was going to be it. Yeah. Because yeah, no, it was an awesome play. It was like, yeah, that's how you want your quarterback to be. And then he's, uh, yeah, yeah. Who, so it was, who, Michael do, Vick. who does that? And if there's a, there are a million criticisms for Michael Vick, but but selfish or doesn't want to win or any none of those. He he wants to, like this guy is in it to. Um, he's he, he wants to like he wants it. He there was another play where McCoy was running around in the backfield, unsure of which way to go, and Vic, um, I think, laid at least two blocks out trying to <laughs> trying to spring McCoy. He's gonna get hurt, but uh, <laughs> name another veteran quarterback who goes and tries to make that tackle on Ray Lewis. Yeah, that's not, thirty-two. You're right. Yeah, you might, maybe maybe Cam Newton does. Maybe like Robert. Maybe some of these young kids do because they're kind of like crazy and still into it. There's not one other veteran quarterback, Brady, man, and they all get out of the way. The the only guy would be Roethlisberger, and I think it's funny. Like, and he does have two Super Bowls to his name, uh, one of which he played very poorly in. But <laughs> yeah, he um, great neither. Yeah. But uh, which is probably a, a an easy answer as to why the there are a million easy answers as to why the narrative regarding Roethlisberger and Vic are different. But still, with all of the the troubles that Roethlisberger has had off the field, on the field he is he is very similar. He and Vic are very similar in the way that they play. They're both quote like careless quote unquote, but for the right reasons. But uh, Roethlisberger is winner guy, um, and I just hope I hope that this season is successful because I think um, I think like I would just like to see it for Vic. I think it would be a, a nice um, end of reclamation story kind of um, kind of you know chapter um, because he he seems like he he wants it. Um, now that said, um, there were oh the one other thing I wanted to talk about was. The refs yesterday were just the worst thing is not even the blowing calls or the two two minute warnings or the um, or the I think the the Michael Vick um, is it a fumble or is it an incomplete pass thing is whatever to me. The other thing was when he clearly threw the ball, it was clearly batted down and it took them like seven seconds to blow the whistle to say it was an incomplete pass. The worst thing is they don't, they're scared to death now. Yeah, they're just scared. They're trying to keep those plays, they're keeping alive because, well, what if they're wrong? So, that, like, you know, like the Vic throw where he got tackled, like, I think everyone knew it was a pass. Even the rest probably knew, but they were afraid to get it wrong. So they just went and said, oh, we'll just keep playing it because we can review it later. 
The, wor- the worst to me is that they don't know the rules and they don't know where to spot the ball. Yeah. I mean, that is, that's inexcusable. You, you can Look, the, the Vic pass that they called a fumble, okay. Like, I've seen the regular refs miss that one. But it takes you five minutes to spot the ball, and you spot it in three different places. That You can't, you can't have that. How are— Well, they reviewed are, it. They reviewed it. Get it right. Put it in a different place. How are backup refs this much worse than the regulars? That's what I don't understand. How do you know the rule book? If you're, even if you're a college ref, you, the NFL rule book is, is ridiculously complicated. You can't just throw them in two weeks before. Well, and, was, and we were saying yesterday, at, when I was at three, like, you— like the speed of they always talk about the speed between the college and the NFL game for players is much much different and that's what players always say they're amazed by it's just the speed of the game well can you imagine refing a division 3 right. college football game or a high school game and going to these guys i mean um you have you have offensive linemen that run faster than division 3 wide receivers you know in the NFL i mean this is this is just, and again, the worst thing is they don't look sure of themselves, and people are going to eat them alive. Like mm-hmm. it's hit the point, and I'm not. I hate when people are like, just, you know, the NFL has enough money, just give the refs whatever they want. That's not how rich people stay rich, is by negotiating poorly and just giving people whatever they want. I don't know the specifics of this. Like, I don't know if the refs are asking for something that's unfair. I, but they gotta at this point, like it's going that. The talk about it is going to get too loud if they don't do something about it. Yeah, Imagine after after this weekend. Season. Imagine they go the whole season and there's a, a playoff with these guys. Oh. That, when, the, when it really, really matters. Do the replacement refs at some point have to unionize if it goes a whole season? <laughs> like, there's, there's become a second officials union? They're going to unionize and say they're not going to referee under these conditions of the <laughs> players and, and coaches getting all over them. Did you hear Merrill Reese yesterday? No. Oh, I, was, I was at the TV station. Oh, man. Was it He bad? was going off. Really? You have to go back and listen to the audio. He was going off on him. Somebody said on Twitter he was going all Larry Anderson on. Oh, the, it was uh, worse. <laughs> oh, really? It was worse. He was. Yep. It was. Well, it was. It was, and deservedly so, because it was. Uh, it was pretty ugly yesterday. I and mean, they got to do. And did you see that there was a pass interference call against the Steelers, um, where the guy, the guy didn't touch him? Like I don't know yeah. if you saw any of that game, but he he literally like he just, he didn't do anything. Um, and now it's just going to be where. You're going to get to the point where even mistakes that regular refs make are going right. to get blown way out of proportion. Well, um, that's what it was to me yesterday. Again, yeah. like the mistakes in calling the game were were excusable to me. But once it got to, I don't know where to spot the ball. Come on. Well, I'm and sc- it was more than once. Yeah, and I'm screaming at the TV at the two minute warning. I'm like, wait a minute, there was already. Why is it still at yeah, two why minutes? Why are there two two minute warnings? Yeah, what's going on here? <laughs> well, and they said it was fourth down after Vic's uh, incomplete pass fumble. Oh, did they? Yeah. Oh. That's when Merrill's like, no, it's third down, guys. It's third. It's third. <laughs> um, so that brings us to, unless Chris... Uh, yeah, I, one, other, one other question as we talk about uh, the defense and how great they played and, uh, and the turnovers. If Namdi doesn't get that call and the Ravens end up winning, is the blame more on Juan Castillo or is the blame more on the turnovers? Well, I think the blame's on Namdi at that point because then you have two touchdowns and he gave up. I think that Namdi would get it all at that point. Well, the, I think everybody. Well, the, are you talking about the real blame or the yeah. the noise blame? Well, let's do both. It, how about the fans' blame and then the actual blame? Oddly, I think it's right on. Okay, here's what I, to me, 
I think it's everybody's fault. It's turnovers. It's him blowing it. It's it's everybody's fault. But they still played a decent game against a very good team. So like it would be a loss that wouldn't drive me crazy. But like to me, the the fan noise is loudest about everything right now. So it would come on Andy Reid for not being. Yeah, I think that's right. I think it would come on Andy for not being disciplined for not getting his team disciplined. Right, right, and I guess rightly so. I mean, you can only, but but to a certain extent, it's like how how does Andy Reid make him hold on to the ball? Well, and he also finished. They finished the game with five offensive line. Colin Jenkins was ready to go in at the offensive line. Like they were hurt. They they were put. They they took a risk by going with seven offensive linemen, which I always say that's good. You know, you want to keep your best players, and they kind of got burned in, in this game. And luckily, Colin Jenkins didn't have to go in and play O line. But you know, you got to give them a lot of credit for hanging in against uh, argu- arguably, some say, the best team in the NFL uh, with with all those injuries and with all those problems. I'm glad you brought this up. The Cullen Jenkins thing? No. Is John Dorenboss not an offensive lineman? He's not. He's, yeah, no, he's no. a long snapper. Nope. He can't That's play. Why my son's going to be a long snapper. That's all you do. He can't play regular center and move Dallas no, Reynolds all over. He does is snap and then get kind of in the way. Yeah. All, Isn't that all you, all you need? How to do. Chris, it should be telling that nobody even brought that up as an option. <laughs> I'm like screaming at the TV. What about Dorenboss? Nope. He can't. He can't. He, he probably. There's no way he even goes through those drills. Like, yeah. I. Yeah, I because then if he gets hurt, because here's the thing, the reason he... They if Jason Avant is an emergency quarterback, can't Dorenboss be an emergency offensive lineman? But they think, here's the thing, is he that they would... know how to block, that's the thing. <laughs> well, but, but the other thing, the other thing is that there is a better chance of Cullen Jenkins being an efficient offensive lineman than somebody else being an efficient long snapper. The, that long snapper skill is such a specific, like, thing that only he practices that, like, they can't, I would say to an extent, I'm not saying that John Dorabas can play offensive line. I don't know. But they can't risk him getting hurt because if he's not the long snap, you saw what happened week one when somebody doesn't have a long snapper. Yeah. Like, if you don't have a, your long snapper, you're you're done. Like, they need him to do that. Lee, so when do you start with your son at long snapper? Like, in <laughs> high school, is, does right he become now, a specialist? No, no, no. I, I, my son, he's three. I'm going left-handed knuckleballs and long snapping, and that's it. Like, are you recruited Those to a Division one school like, as a long snapper? He's not allowed to do anything. He's not allowed to touch a ball <laughs> unless he's long snapping it or I would have, though, though I'm glad he didn't have to do it, um, I would have loved to have seen Colin Jenkins come in and play offensive know, line too, just yeah. for the story. It would have been, a, it's Royals left field in football. Yep, yep. Um, Does and, he practice those drills, do you think, honestly? No, no he said he didn't. He had, no. said, they asked him if, uh, they asked him on CSN Philly, after, or, or Comcast Sportsnet after the game, they asked him if he, if he had any idea how to play O-line. He's like, no. He's like, I, they were just, I was just going to go out there and take a snap, and then I'm playing O-line. Well, you have to figure he plays against the offensive line, so right. he must have some kind of idea as to how to do it, you know? Yeah. To prevent the other guy from getting past you. <laughs> I mean, it's not, and he knows what techniques, I mean, he, there's no way he's good at it, but the fact yeah. that he's big, you know, um, would help. Um, and that actually, as another point, you know, they say a knee sprain from Kelsey, but it certainly Ooh. doesn't sound like a knee yeah. sprain. Uh, it didn't look like a knee sprain. And, uh, you know, they're not, it doesn't, you know, nobody's talking about it as if it's a knee sprain. Um, Dallas Reynolds came in and did, I guess, an okay job, but that's an enormous, enormous loss for the, for the Eagles. 
Yeah, Dallas Reynolds, though, looked pretty good, and this is kind of how they always seem to find their centers is the lead center gets hurt and someone steps in who's not supposed to. Uh, you hope Howard Mudd can coach him up. Yeah, well, I hope he. I guess they must be carrying him if he's got the right skill set. You know, I, that's what everybody says about Mud right. is you have to be athletic, which is why um, Jamal Jackson didn't fit in around here anymore because he's not that kind of offensive lineman. Yeah, and I guess that means Jamal Jackson's not coming back. No, I don't think so. I mean, it, it, every impression I got was that that he's just the wrong fit for this kind of um, offensive line. Uh, actually, again, the, actually another point to that: um, the the whether to run the ball or pass the ball on um, yeah. when, when you're at I guess I, I don't know why but like they ran the ball first right or they did they pass run my, pass my biggest issue isn't necessarily with the decision because at this point I think that's spilled milk like I'm not they're not going to run the ball in third at one but at least have someone in the backfield that's all I ask you know make it a threat that you know that they might run the ball and I guess Andy Reid's and Morningway's answer to that would be well Vic back there on his own is still a threat enough. I don't know. I just, you know. I, well, didn't he kind of show it was, though? Yeah, no, I know. That's, what I'm, that's why yeah. I'm answering my own question. I think he is. I, I still want McCoy in the backfield. If I'm going to throw, I want McCoy in the backfield to keep the linebackers a little bit more honest than just Vic. I guess my only point to people was that the notion not having anybody in the backfield and the suggestion that they're going to pass is what makes it. It, the Eagles' offensive line is not a big, you know, hulking offensive line, and everybody wants them to like to just, you know, hand it to some guy and run into the line at third and one. But like, they've clearly shown that they're not particularly good at that. So by spreading everybody out. Um, it almost makes that Vic run. You looked at that run where he got it in there, and there yeah. looked like there were like four holes, and not because the offensive line was like crushing anyone, just because everything was so spread out. No, that was clear. Yeah, that's clear. Yeah, and I think that. I mean, look, that's going to be what they do. I and and it, you take heart. The Ravens did the same thing in this game too. So it's not just the Eagles who do this. This has become the new NFL. The, if that's your offensive line, you know you don't want to just run into the wall because that's what the defense is waiting for you to do. Um, Shady McCoy got 25 rushes for like 83 yards. He was fine, I guess. But um, there is there is clearly a concern from the – but I think there were, uh, there were six other rushes from other running backs for the Eagles. Yeah. Um, there's clearly a concern from the Eagles. Like the Eagles do not think he is the most um, – uh, durable guy, and I, I think like it's his size, and he doesn't. There, there were there was another goal line play to Bryce Brown yesterday. They, I, I'm I'm fine with it because I think there's no way they're just deciding they don't want to give it to Lashawn McCoy. I mean, there must be a size or durability or skill set issue with Lashawn McCoy, which is why they're not. You know, 25 carries is almost 25 too is a lot. 25 yeah. is right. You know, yeah. I'm, I was happy with the balance. Um, so I woke up this morning nervous about this is this was my thought process process about Arizona. I woke up and I'm I'm like oh, I don't like this one. I was like this is this is just a on the road letdown game after a big game. And then I'm like well, but Arizona might have a letdown too because yeah. they just played New England. But Arizona's at home. But then Arizona stinks, maybe. Uh, but maybe their defense is pretty good. Maybe they don't stink. 
but then they have Kevin Cobb. <laughs> I don't know what to. I'm a little lost. I like. I feel. I felt like I'd come up with a prediction during this podcast, but I feel like I'm a little lost on the Arizona game. I don't think the Eagles can have a letdown game yet because I don't think that they've been phenomenal to speak have you of. Been an Eagles fan for what? Is this your first? No, year? No, 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 no. I'm not saying they're not capable of having a letdown game, but I feel like a letdown game has to come after right. a really big, impressive win. Which I don't. To me, yesterday. Yesterday wasn't uh, an all-out greatest win of the decade. I think I have this one now. I think this is going to be ugly. I think this is going to be a lot like the Cleveland game. And I, I feel like I feel another Vic game-winning drive coming on three in a row. Another one-point win. Are you just being sarcastic? No, right I, 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 that's how I, I came up with that. During the, I think that's what this game's going to be like. And I think Vic, I, and I think Vic's going to win in the end. Um, are, are we ready for score predictions and stuff like that, or and our and our usual questions? Yeah, sure. All right, all right. Lee, score prediction. So I'll go with twenty-one uh, twenty. Uh, by the way, John Clark said this is the first time an NFL team has ever won their first two games by one point. Uh, I don't know if that's true. Is John Clark taking? Yeah, I saw it. I saw that somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, I saw okay. it from somebody else too. Um, Adam Kaplan, I think. So why oh. not make it three? Oh well, then he probably, he probably just stole it from Adam Kaplan. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, you don't think Kaplan stole it from John Clark? <laughs> John Clark. <laughs> John Clark is. The, there are guys, and I think he means well, and he's fine, whatever. But John Clark is the master of stealing informational tweets without attributing them for where he saw it. He is the, and they always come like eight minutes afterwards. And like, and Derek Gunn as well. Is Derek Gunn's life on like four minute tape delay? Because I feel like on Twitter, it's like, he, I, what did he say? He was like, my favorite tweet of his yesterday was, worst case scenario for Jason Kelsey is that he misses this season. No kidding, bro. I mean, would you, are you, really? What, could you give me a little more insight than that? Um, okay, I will ask you my question, Lee, and then Chris can ask you his regular question. Lee, is Michael Vick your quarterback first game of 2013? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, still. And, and Andy Reid, your coach next year? Yeah. I mean, I, come on. This, <laughs> and again, we'll remind you, this is predictions. This is not do I want him as. Right. This is. Do you want Andy Reid as your coach next year? Oh, uh, no, I don't. Okay. I don't. And Michael Vick? Do you want Michael Vick? No, I don't. Okay. <laughs> 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 I, Lee, you're the best. Um, I mean, this is the Eagles, right? Yeah. Um, all right. Chris, mm-hmm. score prediction. 34-13 Eagles. Wow. wow. Okay. And um, and uh, is Michael Vick your quarterback the first game of 2013? Yes, for the same reason as last week. As in, I think they're going to make the playoffs. They can't switch quarterbacks after that. Um, and number two, is Andy Reid your coach the first game of 2013? Yes, he is. But that just at that. Just the first game. Okay. Um, my score prediction is... Um, is kind of like Lee's, but not. Um, I'm going to say uh, 30 to 20 Eagles, um, but I think it's going to be ugly. But I think that if there's anybody who Andy Reid knows how to get inside the head of, it is a guy who yeah. made who Andy Reid made good in the first place, and that's Kevin Cobb. And I think they're going to pick Cobb off like four times. Um, yeah, they need they need to pick INT return this week really badly. Yeah, and, and it's a good defense. 
Yeah, it's a very good defense, but I think that I think like points are going to come from that, and I think I I like Kevin Cobb, and I don't know why. I just I I feel like he, he probably would have been good if he stayed here, actually. Um, but um, but I think uh, I think the Eagles just exploit that and win this game, and I think if they win this game, I think winning this game is an important. Um, important step in who the Eagles are this year because the Eagles going three and zero is no small feat because they don't play well early in the year. They've lost game. They lost games like, and I know it's cliche to say they lost games like this last year, but they did lose games like this last year. And going and Arizona is better than anybody thought they would be. They did finish eight and eight last year. Remember Arizona? Yeah. Arizona played really well toward the end of the year, and their defense is good. And going from East Coast to West Coast is not as hard as going West to East. But this is not an easy game for the Eagles at all. And if the Eagles win this game, I think it's, it it means something significant and. It will it will change, you know. I, I was on the. I think they can have a good year, but they'd have be lucky to have a Super Bowl run. But if if they win this game, it shows some metal to me, and it shows that they are that there's a, a real possibility they could be a contending type team. So, um, but I've changed my stance on Michael Vick in that I don't think he will be the starting quarterback. Um, at the start of the 2013 season, um, but I do think Andy Reid will be here. So, How, what do you think? You think they're going to go wait? Where do you think they're going to go and get a free agent? They're going to start Nick Foles. I just I don't know, um, but I do know that at a certain point that Andy Reid was ready to move on past Donovan McNabb, right. and I think that Donovan McNabb bought more into. Remember, we had. It was McNabb was like 34 when they moved on, and and I think he McNabb showed more promise, and I feel like Andy Reid is heavily invested in Michael Vick, but Andy Reid seems what he does seem more apt to do at this point in his career is kind of admit his mistakes, and that's you know he's ready he he moves on quicker, you know he's like he's like that wasn't right I'll move on, and it, maybe it's not as quick as people would like with personnel, but it's still quicker than it used to be, and I think Andy Reid of ten years ago would have would not have even moved to Michael Vick as quickly as he did from Kevin Cobb. He would have been like this is my guy I'm going to do it, but I think he just I just think that that Michael Vick. When he loses the you know the athleticism he has is just not he's just not the guy they 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 need and if they win the Super Bowl is a different story obviously or if they get to the Super Bowl but that excluded I don't think that that Michael Vick is a starting quarterback here next year so the, the two and O teams right now Chargers Texans Cardinals Niners and Eagles that's it. Well, and what's amazing about the Chargers, because they don't start well either, Um, the Texans started very well last year. Um, The Niners are no surprise, and then you got the Cardinals. The the Niners are, now this will change by the end of the year, and they won't win the Super Bowl, because that's not the way things go anymore. But the Niners are the best team in the NFL right now, by far. um, Houston's a good team, too. I know they just played Jacksonville yesterday, but Houston's a good team. Absolutely. And the, the Giants... Um, though they came back and won yesterday, they they got to do something about that. Secondary is terrible. Um, I don't and I don't know whether the injuries they have are going to clear up at some point. But like, but you know, Eli Manning throwing for 500 yards, but three picks. You can't 34, 34 points to the Bucks. Yep. Is uh, I don't know. Eagles. This could happen. The who, NFC is not that tough. Who is the Cardinals running back? 
Um, it was Beanie Wells and... Uh, they have Ryan Matthews, uh, Ryan Williams. Ryan, yeah, Ryan Williams. Yeah, Matthews is the Chargers. Does, right, Ryan Williams. Does Kurt Coleman stand a chance of tackling him, or is he just going to get run over again? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's going to happen every game now, I think. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. yeah. Well, but yeah. he's tough. He's I like him in there. Uh, I'd rather he was stronger <laughs> than tough. But it's yeah. probably, It'll probably be Larry Fitzgerald who runs him over. Yeah, somebody will. Yeah. Um, well, as usual, I'll wrap it up by, uh, at this point, saying you can follow Lee on Twitter, at Lee Rusikoff. Uh, you can follow Chris on Twitter, at Chris Johnson Jr. And um, go Eagles. 2-0, baby. 16-0. and Oh, wait. No, I forgot. We have, the, we have music. Yeah, we have music. Okay. All right. Say go Eagles, Lee. <laughs>